0: is a furnished brothers production
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the talking buds podcast
0: it is the talking buds podcast it's the talking buds podcast folks talking buds podcast season two talking buds
1: podcast let's go All he's got to do is get in the weight room and, oh, baby, he'll be a good pro in no time. Good pro. Stinks. Absolutely stinks. Stanley Cup? How about let's just run around? What a dummy. You just know that Babs was looking to see if there was any gas left in the tank of that good pro. This. 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 This is the Talking Buds Podcast. And now, here's your host,
0: Rob and Ryan.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Talkin' Buds podcast. And Ryan, 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 Ryan where do we go with that? Yeah, dude, that, that
0: game is like, if you're a leaf fan and you're watching that game, the amount of emotion and different thoughts that were running through my brain, watching each period. And a lot of those thoughts were not rational. Cause I was so angry and pissed off. And this hockey team is starting to get very predictable and, Man, I I I want to be positive, but honestly dude, I I can't. I can't be positive right now.
1: I can't. Okay. So, before let's before we get into the Washington game, let's just quickly go over the week that was when we last spoke. Ryan, we teed up last Thursday's matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I actually scored some last-minute tickets to this game and I went with my girlfriend. We sat in a box and it was a debacle. That's the best way I can put it. They got their asses handed to them by the oh, Tampa yeah, it was Bay embarrassing, Lightning.
0: Embarrassing, embarrassing hockey game. I almost, I almost, I turned it off. I didn't even watch the full game. I didn't even watch the
1: end of it, man. I was just pissed. Like, come on, man. So she got hooked up. So we're sitting in a box, right? And so I'm leaving, and as I'm leaving, like you walk out the door to the box, like the main area to like get on the elevator, and Dubas and Shanny walk right by me. Two things. Oh. Kyle Dubas is way taller in person than he looks on TV. And two, he and Shanny both look pissed. And I am not over-exaggerating. They were not happy.
0: Yeah, they have no reason to be
1: happy. Not surprised. So they follow that up with a win on Saturday night in Detroit against the Red Wings, a game in which all the – grinders third and fourth line guys showed up some of the defensemen showed up it was a night where the stars pretty much were nowhere to be found but nevertheless good win solid win against a divisional opponent last night they play the minnesota wild who are a horrific hockey team and they pick up a 4-2 victory and today everybody's singing kumbaya we're all happy They're back on, they've got, they've rattled off two wins in a row. And tonight, they go into Washington, Ryan, and they start this game. Actually, before, before we get into the game, let's, let's, the main storyline going into tonight was Trevor Moore being promoted from the third line up with Tavares and Marner and Kapanen being demoted down to the third line. Your thoughts on that move last night? Babcock, I'd like to say, like, I'd like to think that Mike Babcock listened to Talking Buds last week, because we suggested exactly that. Yep. And
0: we said exactly that. And it's, it wasn't really a surprise to me. It's like Trevor Moore is one of the most effective guys on the ice, shift by shift. Like, he's always in the play, he's always on my television screen, near the puck, or doing something well. And it was just all up to the stubborn guy who sits behind the bench to make decisions like that, and I'm surprised he actually went that quick, but at the same time, not so surprised because Cappy, he might like him, but he's definitely not one of his hymens or one of his favorites, so I I thought it would have been easier for him to move him down because of that.
1: So, Obviously, it's the second game of a back-to-back, so Anderson plays last night. Hutchinson plays tonight. Babcock's taking heat for this decision. A lot of people, myself included, think that you should play your starter against the tougher opponent. Um, Mike Babcock is not of that frame of mind. So Hutchinson gets the start tonight against the Capitals. Capitals have lost four of five coming into this one, but they're catching the Leafs on the second night of a back-to-back. Under five minutes into the game, Trevor Moore sets up Kasperi Kapitan for a shorthanded goal. Trevor Moore is elevating everyone around him, even the guy he replaced on the first line. And you're going, there you go. You know the Leafs, they've given up the first goal in 6 of 7 to this point, and now they're they're scoring first, and we're feeling pretty good. Six minutes later, Kasperi Kapitan again sets up Ilya Makayev, who scores on a breakaway. And I have written here... Playing on the third line is helping Kapanen as well, and the Leafs are up 2 nothing early. You texted me at this point, and you said, Mikheyev is really good. Yeah,
0: I, I like him a lot, man. I just they, They've they tried this experiment with a couple different guys, bringing them over from somewhere in Europe, either Russia or Sweden, and I think so far, if you compare him uh, to the other guys they've brought in the past couple of years, compare him through these first couple of games... He's definitely the best I've seen out of the whole group. Out of the the Zaitsevs, the Borgmans, the Rosens, the the list goes on and on. It's I think so far he's looked the most comfortable and looked like he's ready to contribute like on a nightly basis, either on the penalty kill or on the score sheet. And I just I like the guy's effort. Forgot a about lot. Borgman. Yeah, yeah, guys like that. They they tried, they tried everything with those guys. And
1: I just think so far, this guy looks legit. I, I like him. So, um, the Leafs are dominating this first period. The Capitals are playing right into the Leafs' hands. They're playing open, shinny, run-and-gun style. The Leafs love... If you go out there and you want to throw structure out the window and just play some shinny pond hockey, the Leafs are going to lick their chops at that. That's how all these guys want to play. So... 101 left in the first period. The Leafs are, like I said, in full run and gun mode. Get caught out of position in the defensive zone. Carlson sets up Verana. Is that how you say it, Ryan? Verana. Yeah, yeah, Verana. For a one timer who blasts it by Hutchison, rifles it past Hutchison. Yeah, that, that was a
0: that was a laser beam.
1: Yeah. So the first period ends
0: wide open, no forward covering. Yep. just a guy just, oh, I'm going to sit out here by the faceoff dot. Let me take a one timer while you just
1: watch. That's what I, what did I just say? I said, they, they were, if you want to play pond hockey, that's how the Leafs want to play. We'll get into that later, but it's, yeah, it's frustrating. First period ends. Caps are up 12-11 in shots, but it was a pretty dominating period for the Leafs. I thought they looked really good, and I felt really good about it. That was their best start. We've heard a lot of start-on-time arguments so far this season, and I thought that was their best start to any game this season. Second period starts. Caps almost score. Puck goes under Hutchinson's arm but hits the post. Close one there. Moments later, off though, catches the Leafs on a line change. 2-2. Yeah, tired shift. You just blew by
0: everyone. Yeah. You look Johnny. You made Johnny T look silly. Yeah, and then and Barry, Barry's, Barry's just out of gas. Yeah, Barry's just looking for the wrong man. And it's just like, man, like that. That's you knew. I knew right then and there. It was like this game's over. Like they're not even in the
1: lead yet. I know it's over. Eleven seconds later, sort of a set play. Caps on the face off. Dump it into the Leafs zone. Oshie out hustles the Leafs. Beats the defenseman and all the forwards and turns around, sets up Backstrom for a one timer. Boom, 3 2 caps. Yep,
0: yeah, no forward, covering Backstrom again. Kerfoot's just watching, just watching Oshi make a pass. It's like, great. Thanks, boys. Thanks for the pickup. Thanks for really being in good position. Thanks.
1: 15 seconds later, Nick Shore takes a penalty out front of the net, which is almost instantly followed by Cody CC taking a delay of game penalty for knocking the puck into the stands. The Caps will have a five on three for a minute and 51 seconds. Seconds later, they score on the five on three. Ovi fakes a shot and passes it to Carlson. 4-2 caps. Leafs are coming, and I have here in my notes, Leafs are coming unglued.
0: Yeah, that was was a gorgeous play by Ovi. That was unreal, but yeah. Like, they just, when they start feeling the heat and the other team starts to put the pressure on and they've kind of figured out what they have to do to beat this hockey team, it's just, I feel like there's just no coming back. Like, once they went down 4-2, I had zero confidence that they were going to come back and make it a hockey game. They scored, but it was really late to make it four three. But I just, man, like I just I, after seeing that goal, it's like, dude, it's it's over. Like they're not coming back. Like here we go again. They're they get overpowered by a by a strong hockey team in this league, and they just look like they can't do anything. They can't beat anyone. Like they're not going to win anything. Like it's just my brain is just headed to the most negative space of all time well, because it's just. The same thing over and over and over again. Let's, let's, it's so frustrating.
1: Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up the the game wrap here, and then we'll have a holistic discussion. You just basically fast forwarded through it because there was not a whole lot that went on. Uh, I I do want to make note of uh, Jake Muzzin, who I think has been their best defenseman so far through eight games. Made a nice pinch with two thirty three left. Broke up a Caps rush, which set up Tavares for a goal to make it 4-3, and that's how the game would end. Through eight games, the Maple Leafs are 4-3-1, and and Ryan, I, we got a lot to talk about, so on the other side here, let's get into it what's up everybody thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the show if you like the show and want to support us give us a follow on instagram at talking buds podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes or wherever else you get your podcasts spread the word tell your friends we really appreciate all your support thank you now
0: let's get back to the toronto maple leaf podcast for all the
1: buds this is the talking buds podcast Well, Ryan, as I just said before the break there, the Maple Leafs are 4-3-1 and one to start the season. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts. You've got a lot of thoughts. But my, my main thing, and to start this conversation here, I want to start it with this. Through eight games, same old, same old. They made a lot of changes in the offseason, got rid of guys, brought new guys in, but... This is still the same pond hockey team that they've been for the last three years. And it's getting to the point, Ryan, where I... And listen, it's eight games in, okay? So I get it. Let's not all overreact. But it is concerning that this early on, the signs and the bad habits from years past are all still here. Not starting on time very, very sketchy, poor play in their own zone. Once a team, like what you saw with Washington tonight is they played the Leafs game in the first period and it wasn't going their way. They regrouped in the intermission and said, we need to play a more structured game, stand up at our blue line, not let them get their, their zone entries and cycles going. And that's how we shut them down. And they did. And the game completely turned in their favor.
0: Yeah. And it's just, I, I'm i so sick of the it's early line like I'm so it's not early for this hockey team this is the same core group of guys who've been plugging away for the past three years like I'm not doing this early stuff like yeah Tyson buries a new guy and see like there's not that much turnover you still have the main guys patrolling your top two lines so it's I'm that excuse is is not in it for me and I'm so sick of this hockey team just never getting any offensive zone time. Anytime you see them get a goal that's not a power play, it, it nine times out of ten, it's it's the goals you saw tonight, like Mikaiev on a breakaway or more on a two-on-one. When's the last time you saw the Leafs like grind a team down in their own zone and work a man free and hit him with a pass and put it in after a hard-working shift or have any offensive zone time for more than twenty seconds? Like tonight was just Like early, it was like the first period, the Caps were brutal. Like the Caps were brutal and the Leafs had a bit of legs. But once, like what you said, the Caps put some structure in their game. It was game over, man. And I just, and I had no confidence that they could do anything to beat that hockey team once the Caps figured it out. And it's a problem for me. Something needs to change on this hockey team. I know it's so early and it seems like such a hot take for some people, But, dude, I'm not doing this all year. I'm not believing in this team all year because they win four games against four crappy teams. Yeah. Like, they've lost every game to every good hockey team so far this season, and it's all been kind of the same script so far. And it's it's, getting—I'm getting sick of it.
1: At this point, What like, we um, are—it's well documented how both of us feel about Babcock, but— At this point, like, who are you blaming right now? Are you blaming Babcock? Are you blaming Dubis? Are you blaming the personnel? Like, who, what do you think is the reason? Like, at some point, you have to look at the DNA of this team and say, and no one gets on Babcock more than me. No one. But at some point, you have to look at the DNA of this team and the core of this team and say a leopard doesn't change its spots. I don't know if this team will ever play, like you just described, um, grinding other teams down with a cycle and like being aggressive offensively in that respect. I don't know if this team will ever do that. I just don't think that this core of players is built that way. Yeah. Then
0: you're going to go down again and not going to win a thing. It's just, I think there's blame to go around for all three Dubas personnel and Babcock. One thing I will say about Babcock is I'm just whole, like we've said this a million times, we're beating a dead horse, but I'm so tired of his shtick, his stubbornness, the way he, the way they, just nothing's changed. Like there's no change in game plan. They're still doing that stupid drop pass at center ice that slows all the forwards down ahead of that guy who's getting the puck. So he dumps it in and no one has any momentum going to the puck. And look how easy it is. For the Washington Capitals to break out of their zone. It is a walk in the park. No problem. And it's just it's oh, it's brutal, man. I'm actually pissed after tonight. Like they there the first three years with this core, it's anytime they had a game like this, it was like, okay, fine. These are the guys we drafted. This is our core they have to learn. But now it's to the point where I'm so over that. They all got their contracts. Like when I see a game like that tonight, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And everyone has a blaming it, because Dubis also constructed this roster with all the same hockey players, and Babcock's stubborn, and the forwards can't come back in their own zone and cover anyone. The thing that like, sort of, just,
1: the thing that takes the win out of my sales is the the style of hockey that this team excels at is not going to win you a Stanley Cup.
0: No, and I don't care if your personnel like warrants that style of play.
1: Who cares? You make them play another style. Yeah. So so and they'll the, learn. So that then that then um goes to the coaching right like if I would have
0: no problem if Mike Babcock got fired tomorrow let's just say no that. neither would I no issue neither would I
1: no issue whatsoever wouldn't hurt a thing yeah neither would I I'd be excited actually yeah yeah it's not gonna happen but neither would I and you made a good point there and you're right they've lost so the games this year that have been like the really bad games like the first one was against the Habs who are a perennial playoff team we don't know if the Habs are gonna make the playoffs, but they'll be they'll be in the wild card discussion. Then the other bad loss was to the Lightning, who, even though they've had a slow start to the season, are everyone still considers them a cup favorite, and the Leafs got dummied in that game. And then tonight, team that won the cup two years ago is able to overcome a bad period, settle down, score a bunch of goals. And again, you're, you, you this game ends, and you're it's you feel like we just watched the Leafs excel for a period playing shinny, and then when the opponent said, "Okay, we're gonna settle down and play a structured game," the type of uh, game that won us the Stanley Cup two years ago, they had no, they just they don't know they don't know how to play against that Ryan. It's so it's so frustrating, and I see a lot of people tonight on. Twitter or Instagram, we've already had one comment on our Instagram of someone saying we need a new backup goalie, listen, Hutch wasn't great tonight, okay, but you're seeing when Hutchison plays, and Freddie against the Lightning the other night, you're seeing what happens to this team if they don't have a goaltender in there who can make at least two to three ten-bell saves per game, like defensively and it's not all on the personnel although like cody cc man holy sh- like he is he's got like he, we were all singing his praises three games in and now you're watching him and you're like okay travis Dermott, let's get back in here like this is brutal but it's the forwards coming back in the defensive the forwards are nowhere in the defensive zone nowhere they're all up waiting to get that puck to get it, skate out on the rush and do the stretch pass or whatever as you said the back pass and so is that coaching Is that Babcock telling the forwards to hang up around there or is that them all just deciding we want to score our goals and this is how we want to play?
0: Well no that back pass in the neutral zone they, they usually do it on the power play but sometimes you'll see them do it on five on five It's a little more rare than the power play but like that's coaching like that, that that's a set play. And they've been doing that set play for forever, for multiple years. And, like, if you look at the percentages of, like, I don't know what percentages they're looking at, but for me, being a diehard fan, watching every game, noticing these things, it's a play that's garbage, man. It doesn't work. It does not work. Maybe if you had Connor McDavid, it would work. But, like, none of these guys, like, William Nylander, is not getting that puck and somehow getting it deep and getting it back. Like, no. Like, it's just I was I was texting my buddy before the game and you brought up Hutch and I'm like it is not easy to be a goalie for this hockey team right now. No, like, it's not. I like for a guy like what do you you might you might as well need another number uh, another number one yeah. to play backup because if you would just have a mediocre backup for this hockey team He's going to get exposed. Yes. And all those goals tonight, man, that the Capitals scored, those were like big boy shots. Like, those weren't just little dinky-doo shots. All of them were hammered, except for that Kuznetsov one. But that one was pretty That one was pretty sick. But, like, the Carlson, Backstrom, and Verano one, like, those were
1: hammered pucks. Like, great chances. And, like, really, yeah, like, good chances. Like, no, no one really around. Like, time to set up and wire it past uh, Hutchinson. Yeah, man, it's like, I don't want this to be like the all negative episode, and there are definitely going to be people who are listening to this that are like, it's eight games in, relax. And it's like, but I love the way you said it. It's not eight games in for this core. It's not. And we're still seeing the same bad habits that we saw for the last two years. And they're not getting any better. They still want to play the same style. It's it's like, and you're not, what you saw from the two teams in the cup final last year, that's not how this team wants to play. No. And you're not going to go deep in the playoffs, and you're not going to beat the elite teams through a seven-game series playing the way the Leafs want to play. The only hope at this point that they have to eliminate Boston in the first round is they go out, they capitalize on all their chances off the rush, and Freddie makes... Three to four to five unreal saves. That's that's literally their only chance, which is the same exact chance they had last year, and the same exact chance they had the year before. And it's like,
0: and I know someone would, someone's probably gonna throw it in our face about, oh, they went to seven games with the Bruins. They're only a period away. Both they were up three games to two last year. But it's like the hockey gods somehow. Would not let that hockey team win that
1: series. Right. Like, there's no way. I don't care if it was four games or seven games, it's the same thing. If people want to come at us with that argument and say, well, they had them on the ropes, listen, I'm going to borrow a line from, I don't know if anybody listens to or watches Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, but I'm going to order, I'm going to borrow a line from Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp says, I own a restaurant and we serve. Hot dubs and cold L's. So almost eliminating Boston, you get a you get a cold L for that. Doesn't matter that you had them on the ropes. You still lost the series in seven games. Yeah, and and
0: I think I could speak for both of us in saying like we both know that the, the players on this hockey team, they're they're all good little hockey players. You know, like if you put them in any like compared to like they're not bad hockey players. Like they're not horrible. They're really ta- there's some really talented dudes on this team. But, but when we'll- you put them all together, yeah. And we'll you just- have a system that's non-existent and you have a team that's just too much skill and not enough like heart and fight. This is what you get. You get a mediocre hockey team. All they've shown this year is that they're mediocre. They've beaten the crap teams and They've lost against every good team. I know they had that one good game against the Blues, but guess what? Still a cold L. Yep. Yep. Like
1: ah, 100% man. And it, but you, so you based on what you just said, you're saying that it's the coaching cuz you said non-existent system. So do you think that if they fired Mike Babcock tomorrow and Sheldon Keith took over behind the bench, we would see an improvement? Or do you think? Yeah, I think we would. The DNA of the team is as such that, like these guys, Matthews, Nylander, Marner, um, all, all the core. I want to keep the the bottom six out of it because at the end of the day, you're going to win and lose with your horses. So, is is it that they just are like we're offensive hockey players? This is how we excel. This is how we want to play. We'll 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 come back here and there in the defensive zone. Or is it this system is flawed? Mike Babcock is not getting the most out of these guys. They've either tuned him out or his system doesn't work or whatever and he needs to be removed.
0: Well, one thing I know for sure is some of those guys have tuned out Mike Babcock and some of them are sick of him for sure. That that I don't obviously I don't know that, but if I had to bet on it, I I would bet. And you don't know for sure like if Sheldon Keith comes on and they bring down the house and it's all of a sudden they go on a run. I know that they would be a little bit better off the because they would there'd be a new energy, he'd change some things up. There's still a good there's still a bunch of good little hockey players. Like if you put a make them do the right thing, I'm we haven't seen it yet though. But in the long run, come April, May, June, I think what you said also with those group of players together, I still don't think it's good enough to get it done. But they could be a lot
1: better and play a way better. But it system. is good enough. It, it, this is what's so frustrating, Ryan, is uh, it's not a talent problem. Like it's like I don't look at this team and say, oh, you know what? They just don't have the talent. It's like they have the talent. They're a good enough hockey team, but like they they play in such a way that if you you're the opponent, like you saw it tonight against the Capitals, the Capitals. Went in, in that first intermission, regrouped, said, Okay, we're not gonna play Shinny. We're not gonna play three on three at NTR. Sorry for those of you who don't get that reference. We're gonna we're gonna Play a structured game. We're going to stand up at our blue line. We're not going to let them um, come through our uh, the neutral zone and across our blue line with speed because that's what they want. We're not going to turn the puck over in the neutral zone. We're going to get it in on them and cycle because they can't handle anything down low in their own zone. And look what happened. The Oshie goal. Or not the Oshie goal. The backstrom goal that Oshie set up. Just yeah, blows I know. right just by. work. Just yeah. blows right by the entire team. Gets down there. They're all standing around watching because it's in the defensive zone, and they're like, where do I stand again? Where do I go? And on backstrom's stick in the net.
0: Yeah, and and to add on to that Capitals game plan, you just have to make sure you don't give up an odd two-on-one being too far in the O zone. And if the Leafs do get in the offensive zone, just don't – put – immediate pressure on them because they will just give you the puck and it'll be the easiest breakout night of your entire life like I'm just, your entire life like, I'm, if you just put some back pressure on them they'll, they'll they'll just wilt and give up the puck i saw it so many times
1: tonight like i don't want to get carved for being negative and i don't want to get Carved for people saying that like, oh, you're, we're like the older leaf crowd that says they need more grit. That's, that's the word I can't say it is when they say they need more grit. It's like, okay, well, I don't even know what that means, but it's like, they're, they're pretty easy to play against. And that doesn't mean go out and run everybody over. I feel like this is the hundredth time I've said this on this podcast. Like that doesn't mean go out and run people over and be dirty and whatever. Or Mitch Marner, who is not a physical player to all of a sudden start being physical. But it's like you just said. It's like the Caps just take the puck off them, like, with ease.
0: Yeah, and they, the Caps don't have, like, yeah, they have Tom Wilson and Ovi likes to throw the body a bit. But, like, they don't have a, they have a couple, like, softer guys on their team too, guys who are just skilled players who aren't physical. Like, not every team is going to have that perfect physical touch to it, even though it helps. But, like, just play a system that is going to make your team seem more gritty than you actually are. Like it's a system can be gritty. Yes. It doesn't even need to be an individual player or, or like guys not to drop the gloves or anything. Just play a system that is going to be effective and actually wear down the other team. Like just don't, so this one and done, like again, one and done in the ozone. Like it's just, it's not going to work. So
1: they're four, three and one, not a great start, but also not awful. Um, I think through our discussion we've had here, we've sort of um, decided that Mike Babcock system and coaching is is the main thing that we'd like to see change at this point.
0: Well, it's the only thing that can change yeah. immediately. Yeah, and like Kyle Dubas isn't going out and trading for somebody after he just did the whole whole spiel with all the contracts and having this team together for a full year under all the deals. Like the only immediate change you could make. Is firing Mike Babcock, which which we do, do might we be overreacting a bit, but at the same time, well, I no, don't no. they're not.
1: Gonna, he's not going to get fired tomorrow. But like, let's just say, like at the end of November, the record is still hovering around. Like, what's it going to take? Is it going to take them, like being a, like, let's just say at the end of November, they're they're in the five hundred territory with their record. Is he is he in jeopardy of getting fired, or is it going to take them completely falling out of playoff contention?
0: Yeah, I feel like if they're completely out of playoff contention, then that's gonna be the the midseason reason to fire him. Because I think he has this year to prove himself. I think that's like the intention. It's like, well, let's give Mike this year with a new lineup and everyone signed to to have a full year and see what he can do. But if they're fi- if they're just not in the
1: playoff race and they're f- chasing, then he'll be he'll be fired. That's that's the only way I can see it. Like I don't see and, I don't see them. I find it really really hard to believe that they fired him in season. I think yeah. I think he they either don't make the playoffs and he gets fired like the next day or as I've said before and I'll say it again, anything short of an Eastern Conference final appearance in my opinion, he should lose his job. Yeah, I just I, I there's so
0: like everyone's, ah, oh, it's early. It's like, you know what? They're not that bad. They're four, three, and one. But I just, I've been watching this team for way too long, man. It's, it goes back to even further than the Babcock era. It goes back as long as I've been alive. It's just, I'm so impatient with this hockey team now because it's like, I'm tired of being patient. Like I'm at the point where I'm so impatient. Like it, I, it might not be irrational. Like Mike Babcock's, I'm sure he's a great coach. Okay, he's got a lot of good ideas. He's he's made a lot of guys look really good. Nazem Kadri, all those guys. And he can put people in good positions. But there's just got to be a little more flexibility when you're behind the bench. Like, it's just all his shtick, his decisions, his doghouse. Is, like, I just, I'm I'm tired of it. And I if he needs to be fired, then, like, I don't care. Fire him. It's not overreaction to me anymore. It's a legit conversation.
1: All right. And with that, let's move into this week's selections for bum and beauty.
0: It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, bugs.
1: So what do you think, Rye? You want to go first? I go first? You go first? What do you think? You go first. I go first. Okay, you know what? You usually do bum first. I'm going to start with beauty first. I'm going to go with Justin Hole. Here's a guy who ha- was spent 70 games, Ryan. 70. seven zero, in the press box last year. And he's earned a spot out there to, uh, so far this season. I, I said tonight, but he's been out there pretty much all year. And I think he's done a really good job, and I think he deserves credit, and I really like his game, and he doesn't make me nervous when he's out there, and I'm a very big fan and supporter of his, and I'm glad. in the, Tonight he's saddled with good old Marty Marinson. So he's got that working against him, but other than that... Well, at least, at
0: least it looks like he can stick-handle a puck. Yes. Like, Marty Marty looks like he can't even stick-handle sometimes.
1: But other than that, um, I think he's... He, if, if I see him in the press box again this year over Marinsen, and I'm going to be like, jeez, Mike, what, like, come on. So Justin Hole, good for you. You overcame Babcock's ridiculousness last year, and now you're in the lineup every night. Justin Hole is my beauty of the week.
0: Nice. My beauty of the week is the guy I mentioned earlier, Ilya Makayev, Makayev, whatever you want to call him, Tavares, Tavares, it's going to be that type of deal. But I, I just like this kid. He's just, I love this. Honestly, he's more my beauty of the week because of the the, reporting in the dressing room of, like, this guy. How he's just just the happiest dude, and he goes home and watches friends on Netflix to learn English and, like, soup. And I, he
1: works hard, man.
0: He's fast. Who doesn't? Who he's,
1: what's Like, who doesn't love a good bowl of soup? Well, you're just in it for the baguette that goes with oh, it. Oh, I love a good bowl. I love like a g- nice bowl of Foss, French onion. Nice bowl of uh, chicky noodle. Oh, oh yeah. I love- yeah, Foss. Oh, I love Foss, man. You get the, yeah. the, the yeah, keg. Solid. The keg has great Foss. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a couple places you can find.
0: But, um, yeah, man, he's my beauty of the week. I just like what he's bringing to the table. And I would take him over Connor Brown, Patty Marlowe. Any of those bottom six guys that we've had to watch the past couple years. I like his work ethic. He's basically just Hyman, just kind of less physical, but more skilled. But he has the speed, and he's just like a big, lanky dude just going around the ice. I don't know. I like him. He's my beauty of the week.
1: I want to do an honorable non-leaf mention for beauty of the week. I would like to uh, give a special... Beauty of the week, shout out to Jordan Bennington. I don't know if you saw the pictures of his tribute yeah, the, to Cujo mask. Yeah, the Cujo mask like, in St. Louis. Yeah, like the, the blues are wearing those like retro blue and like yellow yeah, unis. love those unis. Yeah, they're oh, wearing yeah. those and that's the mask he's wearing with those. Oh, Cujo just reminds you of like the leaf glory days, like the early 2000 leafs. Like, when, when the Leafs, and, like, I forget what it was. It was, like, 90, somewhere between 99 and 2002 where the Leafs swept the Senators and Cujo literally won all four of those games. Yeah, just stood on his head. So, just stood on his head. Shout out to uh, Jordan Bennington. Yes. All right, bomb of the week. Go ahead. All right, I've
0: wrestled with this one back and forth, but I'm going to go with a bit of an unpopular opinion with some people, but I think from what I've seen the past couple games, even though they were okay in the third period tonight, they actually had a couple good shifts. The Matthews Nylander, Johnson line. Not impressed, man. Just just not even impressed whatsoever. No, I, it's it's not Matt. like Matthews is an unbelievable goal scorer and when he pushes the pace, he pushes the pace. It, to me, it's more the wingers. Like, William, everyone knows on this podcast how you feel. I don't about care William if he Nielander. scores the nicest goal yeah. I've ever seen in my entire life. His play throughout the entire game when he's not scoring is horrific. It's awful. There's no effort, there's no physicality, there's no give a you know what meter. It's just zone entries and giving the puck away. And if I, someone who watches this game back tonight, watch how easy this guy gets pushed off the puck. Like, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And if his only job is to score goals, and that's what he's best at, hit the net. He missed the net like five times tonight on good opportunities. Well, like, if you're not scoring, you're not doing anything. And Andreas Janssen... Mango. He's got a couple power play points, but he's. Oh, mango. He looks yeah. like yeah. an idiot out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah,
1: mango. Mango just, does not look good. That's that. No, I, yeah. five
0: on five. And I'm saying, like, I'm specifically saying five on five. That line does not get me stoked. Like, when Matthew scores a beauty goal, it's like, oh, they're not bad. But if you really dissect, like, if stop watching the puck, just watch those three guys maneuver around the ice in the O zone, in the D zone, watch what they do other than score goals. It's not impressive at all. And it's just it they drive me crazy.
1: I feel like, like I feel like when you think about Janssen, aka Mango, you think about Kapanen as well. They're kind of like a like a one, two, the two pack. Um and I feel like Kapanen's struggles early in the season have sort of masked how mediocre Mango has been. So I'm totally with you on that. I'm not. It's as like he's
0: just skating in circles, doing just like a merry-go-round, looking at the puck go by him in the O-zone and the D-zone.
1: Yeah. I'm not like as down he's just, on Nylander he, yeah. as you are, um, but but that I, I, but honestly, I think that's because the bar is so low because he played so awful last year. Nylander's yeah. a funny one, man. Like people, like his defenders get so like upset if you start criticizing him, and it's like. Listen, the guy's a super talented hockey player, no doubt about it. But, but there, he does take he takes a few shifts off every game. Oh no, my, doubt you know about what, it. man?
0: When those people, those analytical people, who show you those stats to say that he's a good hockey player, I I'll validate those stats. Those are those are good analytical stats. Like I'm not saying he's not good at zone entries or whatever he says he does. It's just for me. Watching hockey my entire life, watching hockey players come in and out of this team for years and years and years. He is easily because I always pick on the skilled guy who gives you nothing than other than that.
1: Which is why and you hated which is why you hated Phil Kessel.
0: I hated Phil Kessel. Well, I didn't I don't I don't say hate, but I strongly disliked Phil Kessel. But you know what? I would take Kessel over Nylander any day of the week. At least Phil could take over a game when he wanted to. Like, Willie can't take over a game when he wants to. He gets the odd nice little wrist shot. And other than that, he's just soft everywhere. And he drives me crazy. And it's it's like, if this is a guy we're depending on to be one of our star players, to help, like, help us through a series, the easiest way I could put it is if I was in a battle of a hockey game, and we're down two like they were tonight, and I'm looking at the bench being like, who's going to come into the fight with me? And you look to your left, and you see Zach Hyman. You're like, okay, I'm down with that. Look to your right, you see William Neland, You're like, oh, boy, we are in trouble. This is not a guy I want to go to war with. No. Yeah,
1: well, he's uh, the... You're not alone in how you... uh feel Ryan and there's a lot of people who will defend him to the bitter end and that's their prerogative and I'm kind of caught in the middle there's times where I really like him when he looks good and then I uh, feel the way you do like I'm he makes me bipolar sometimes he goes out there I'm like oh boy will he there you go and then other times he goes out there I'm like Jesus this guy is soft all right my bum of the week selection is a two-pack I'm going with the CC and Riley defense pairing they stink Morgan Riley Got four apples last night against the Minnesota Wild, and that's great. But he has had a brutal start to the season. Through eight games, he is nowhere near the Norris conversation like he was last year. I know it's only eight games. He'll get it turned around. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about Morgan Riley. But he's really, really struggled. He's way too interested in like jumping up in the rush and getting like he's way too interested in that. And it's really affected his defensive game. And Cody Cece, I'd like to give Cody Cece a round of applause. This guy is a a hell of an actor because for the first three, four games of the season, we were like, hey, he's not that bad. It's an upgrade from Zaitsev. I'm sure if you checked the tape like two episodes ago, I probably said that exact line. Hey, he's better than Zaitsev. This guy is brutal. Like, he's... When, when this... If, if he keeps playing like this... So, let's hope that he's not an actor, and I'm wrong. I really hope I am wrong, and that he he his potential and ceiling is how he played in the first four games. Because if he plays like he's played in the last, like, three, when the, when the season's over, I'm going to say, Bye, Cody. Thanks for your service for a year. Bye. Yeah, it's probably what's gonna happen. Oh <sighs> my god! Yeah, no, he's
0: not good. He's just he doesn't offer anything. He's just he's like a crap Jake Muzzin.
1: Yeah, he he is. He's a he's a, a crappy Jake Muzzin. Yes, he is. Like it's
0: just that's like nothing exciting about the guy <sighs> at all. Okay,
1: two things before we go. One, what did you think of them sending Rasmus Sandin down to the Marlies?
0: like we I, I could get upset about it but it's like you know what I if the guy's going to just be in Babcock's little game all year then send him down yeah. like don't let's not do this I'd rather guy just go down play for the coach that he's probably eventually going to p- play for with the Leafs and just get all the minutes he can I don't don't play on the third pairing I'm not going to get upset cuz it's like what is he going to play on the third pairing with Morenson and I know Dermot's coming back but if just I don't want him to get caught in this press box thing with Martin Marincin all year. Because you know it's coming if he stayed up. One bad game from that kid. There's Marty right back in the lineup. And the last thing you need is your top D prospect sitting in the press box. New.
1: I would agree on that. I um The rationale, again, I chirp Babs like no one else. But the, his rationale for sending him down, I agreed with. He's not getting enough ice time up here. He's not getting any power play time. Like, send him down. Let him let him run the Marlies power play, like yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, It's it's
0: I, I you know like he's we all believe he's gonna be a good hockey player. He's probably better than Cody CC already. Yes, but it's just he's definitely better than Marty Morenson. You gotta commit to the draft and development. Well, sometimes like just, I wonder
1: I'm, if we're better than Marty Marinsen.
0: Oh dude, I'm just kidding. watching. The, I just want to see that guy do like a skills competition. Yeah. <laughs> see how painful it looks. Like seeing that guy's stick handle, it's like,
1: dude, I don't even know if he can even do this. No, I don't know if he can either. You good? No. All right, so Saturday night. <sighs> Who's in town Saturday night, Ryan? a Boston
0: Bruins. You know what the Bruins have been doing so far this year? Winning. Dummying hockey teams Winning. with Ryan. defensive play and chipping in from their top players and good goaltending.
1: Right. I really hope I'm wrong, but... It could get ugly. Yeah, it's Saturday night, man. I really hope I'm wrong. I'm not even mad anymore. It's like the Bruins are just a better hockey yeah. team.
0: Like there's I'm not getting upset about it anymore. Monday The Leafs win. Wow, that's a great bonus. Like they yeah. save that one. Like the Boston Bruins are better hockey team. Like up and down. The way they play. I just I like obviously I when I'm watching the game, my fandoms gonna kick back in and I realize how much I hate the Bruins. Yep. Yeah. But it's, I'm I'm down today, man. I'm I mean I'm down right now. Like it's,
1: yeah. So yeah, not in a good place
0: with this hockey team.
1: So Bruins are at Scotiabank Saturday night. Monday night the Columbus Blue Jackets are at Scotiabank Arena, and then the, mm-hmm. yet another back to back. The following Tuesday night, the night in which we'll likely do our next show. Who do, this is the game. Who do the Leafs play, Ryan?
0: This is the dummy game that that you were talking about on Saturday. Yeah, yeah,
1: because it's at TD Garden. I could
0: see Saturday being a good old Bruin Leaf battle. Yeah, but Tuesday on a back to back, Hutchison in the net. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I know, I know.
0: Might be the last game Hutch ever sees. I know,
1: I know. This was the scenario last year where after the game, Garrett Sparks came out and said. Playing in the NHL is hard. And then Babs just hated his existence after that.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted Hodgson to do so well, man. I was like his biggest fan before he let a goal in. But you and made, it's just like
1: Ryan, you made the point earlier. Like, listen, your backup goalie's not supposed to be a stud. Like, yes, he didn't play well, okay? And like but like you made but the point. He didn't play that bad. Exactly. Like he didn't make exactly like he didn't look,
0: I'll admit he didn't look super comfortable in the net. Like, he was fighting some pucks. You could tell he hasn't seen NHL-caliber shooting in a real-life game setting in a while. So, it looked like he was kind of uncomfortable. But, like, those goals, man. Like, they were rockets. Like, those were just hammered one-timers. And Kuznetsov's a skilled hockey player, man. Like, this... I'll cut him up. It wasn't a softie in there. Like those were rockets.
1: You made the point earlier that like playing in net for this team is hard.
0: Yeah. Look how hard it is for Freddie Anderson. And he's a guy who's supposed to be a top 10 goalie in the league. What is a backup supposed to do? Like, and Oh, Curtis McElhinney, Curtis McElhinney, a horseshoe up his, his behind for a couple of those starts. So let's not pretend he's like the goat of backups.
1: In any event, we got two games versus the bruins over the next 3 like i said we'll likely be doing our next episode next tuesday night after the boston game that could be uh, that could be an interesting episode i'm i i apologize to everyone for us being so negative so early in the season but it's just it's it's really deflating to watch mm. the same old same old i don't apologize yeah. I'm not apologizing. One thing I do want to say. I'm sorry. One thing I do want to say thank you for, Ryan, is the folks who went on and gave us some iTunes reviews last week. Thank you very much for doing that. We really appreciate it. It's a massive, massive help. Thank you so much for your kind words. It's amazing. Can't say it enough. You guys are beauties. We love doing the show for you guys. So thank you very much for doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice to see some old five-star reviews on there. All right. Some good comments. We need that stuff. We but do. before we go, okay. I need all the Talking Buds listeners to congratulate my brother Rob for his engagement over the weekend. Please congratulate him. Congratulations, buddy. I'm so pumped
1: for you. Thank you, everyone. And Ryan, appreciate that. All right. So let's hope that next Tuesday night after uh, the second of two, well, the third of three, but the second game against the Bruins that we're coming on here and we're feeling better and it's a good showing and we they turn it around and they played well. And let I'm really hoping for that ride. I really don't want to come on here next week and be like, oh, my God, that was ugly.
0: Well, get ready, buddy, because that's exactly what's going to happen. Oh, boy. If you've been watching this hockey team for the past couple of years, you'd expect nothing less than us coming on here. And you might as well just repeat this episode, but insert different team names in because that's exactly what's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Okay. And with that, thank you very much for downloading everybody. We will see you next Tuesday night after the showdown at TD garden.
0: This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, the Charles Adler show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Adler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca.